0: This podcast is for you if you want to learn about the wonderful and wacky world of the English language and the people who speak it. If you want to learn English, speak English, and understand different speakers of English, then you're in the right place and you're going to love our podcast episode today. Welcome to English World with Chris Amerikos. We are a team of language lovers, expert teachers, and native speakers who are on a mission to help people around the world speak English and show the world their true value. We correct mistakes, practice pronunciation, and explore grammar rules while drinking coffee and having fun. So get comfortable, relax, grab a pen and paper, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by English Every Day, an unlimited speaking practice program where you can join live speaking practice lessons with professional native teachers five times every day. There are a lot of courses on the internet and a lot of useful videos too, but the one thing that is missing for most English learners is practice. And if you need speaking practice, then English Every Day is for you. So click the link in the description or go to chrisamericos.com to learn more today.
1: All right, today we have Veronica Mark with us. Veronica has built an amazing channel. She actually has more than one channel. How many channels do you have now?
2: Two, two channels. Okay,
1: so I've I've seen both of the channels and they are just exploding. I mean, you've got so many new subscribers in the recent past. Since we first talked uh, last year, you know, I've seen that you've more than doubled your subscribers, you've passed what we have on our English channel, and I'm jealous. So I'm really happy to have you here. Thank you so much for for taking the time to be here.
2: Yeah, thank you for inviting me.
1: So I have a list of questions. But if we go off topic, that's fine, too. And like, feel free to jump in and ask any questions that you might have too.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure. My
1: first question for you is about questions. What are some of the interesting questions that you get from your subscribers
2: that's a really interesting question um a lot of people usually i think the question that people ask me the most is about my native language okay. what's my native language because obviously when people realize that i'm not a native english speaker the next obvious question is oh what's your native language um so that's the first question and to answer this question my native language is russian. Um then they ask me where I live because uh, I move around quite a lot because I like traveling but like I live in Mexico, right? Like that's I have my apartment here, I live here in Mexico City. So sometimes when I travel people are like, "Oh, do you live in Brazil now or do you live here now?" I'm like, "No, no, no. Just traveling." So you had um, a recent in Brazil? Mhm.
1: Yep. How
2: was that? It was very nice. Yeah, it's it was nice also being in a country where I couldn't really understand the language much, uh, Portuguese. Yeah, there were moments when you know I could understand what they were telling me because it, it is kind of similar to Spanish, but I still remember this one moment when uh, at the hotel, like a lady approached me and she was trying to explain something to me, and I thought she was speaking German. I was like, oh my God, but she was speaking Portuguese. I don't know why my mind was just like blank. I was like, lady, like I'm sorry, I don't know what you're telling me. That's yeah, so funny. That's
1: so true. That happens a lot. you know, When I've gone to other countries, the same thing happens to me that you're like the the language that you're studying or a language that you know, something sounds a little similar. And so you automatically uh, start to like associate that and think, oh, there's a meaning there, but but there might not mm-hmm. be.
2: Exactly. Yep.
1: It's like an exercise for your brain. So what are some Mm -hmm. other interesting questions that your subscribers have asked you? Because I know that you on one of your channels, you bring up topics like um, relationships and, you know, personal topics that are about your life. So what are the other interesting questions they ask?
2: So basically, because my second channel, my smaller channel is about kind of personal development, I started out as a a lifestyle YouTuber there because I was really like, I just wanted to film vlogs. But right now, I just know the first, like, I can't really grow with vlogs. It's the first thing. And the second thing is... It's just I feel a lot of anxiety and pressure when I have to film my whole day, like when I wake up and the first thing I think about is, oh, I'm supposed to start filming already like good morning and, you know, I'm going to have breakfast. And honestly, I just feel anxious. And uh, um, yeah, so that's why I decided to pivot a little bit. Maybe I will still try to include some like vlog style content, but not as much anymore. So there people usually ask me for book recommendations. Uh, They ask me for maybe advice like uh, about a situation, like, you know, I mean, not not much. Obviously, like I'm not a professional. So I always say, oh, like, this is just something that I did in the past. Like, oh, like, this is my experience. I can like give you advice and tell you, oh, this is what you should do.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So sometimes they'll ask you questions about their own situations.
2: Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, about English, like, Oh, what should I do? Like I'm trying to learn this, or there was a moment when a person reached out to me, thanking me, uh, for (laughs) a little sponsorship collaboration. I did with a brand because it was about an app and, um, uh, I don't remember the name of the app already, but basically, I saw, those ads.
1: I saw the ads with your face. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, the the girl told me that uh, she started using the app and she met a guy on the app and now they're dating. And I'm like, oh my god, that's so easy. She's like, yeah, now like I, I like I can like you know speak English and like obviously I really like this guy. We're speaking English together and like practicing the language together. And like I finally found a person who is passionate about the same thing as I am, English. And I was like, "That's crazy," but I'm happy for you guys.
1: So it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you've you've had a lot of different sponsors. How many sponsors have you worked with?
2: Oh, a lot of companies. Yeah, I think more than twenty, for wow. sure.
1: That's so cool. So, what has your experience uh, been of working with sponsors?
2: I would say uh, good, overall, very good. Like I like working with sponsors, with different companies because obviously it's a part of my uh, job as well. And it's a part of my income. Uh, But at the same time, I... Especially right now, I feel like I can be more picky when it comes to the people I work with. And when a company reaches out to me that I use and I love, for example, Notion, like mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, Notion reached out to me. I was like, yes. Definitely. Yes. I'm such a notion nerd. Okay. Like I, I even have notion open right now. Like I use this app every single day for everything. So yeah, when something like that happens, I'm like, I just feel so grateful that like notion and like other companies, uh, connected to English maybe, or yeah, they want to work with me. Definitely.
1: That's awesome. And so you said overall it's been good. Mm-hmm. What um, you know? What pitfalls should someone who wants to gain sponsorship? What should they avoid? Like what have you learned in your experience with all of these sponsors? Besides, yeah. Here.
2: Yeah, so first of all, it's very important to sign like contracts with companies. Because I think in the past, I I didn't do that. And I would be just like, uh, on email, i would be like, sure, let's work together. And then we would work together. And uh, it would all work out. But Basically, there was one, uh, uh, one moment when I was, it was a very long time ago when I just started on YouTube, uh, like one of the first companies that wanted to work with me. I, we were like emailing back and forth and then we didn't like sign any agreements or anything. And they asked me to change my video four times. Mm -hmm. And it's just not something that usually happens. Like usually when you sign a contract, you kind of write there like, oh, I only accept one change. Like one one time. Yeah. Like I make it. You don't like something. It's okay. You know, it happens. I can change it, but like, that's it. I'm not going to change it
1: in one, like make one Mm -hmm. list of all the things to change
2: exactly so yeah that was like once and because of that like it was like pushed back right like I had to I was going back and forth they were like oh no change this and then I would upload and then like oh no change that and obviously it takes time you have to like get ready set everything up start filming and then you're just over it like you know by a certain moment you're just like I don't want to do this anymore yeah yeah
1: so but in the end that client that sponsor paid you
2: yeah uh luckily so far i haven't had any experiences where people didn't pay me at all i have heard that some people you know and i i think that you know it's a possibility that one day i will i might you know kind of have to deal with that but at the same time like right now i always like you know sign agreements i send out invoices Uh, with my payment processor. So I I try to make sure everything is like documented, like all the steps. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess uh, Notion isn't exactly an English school or an English.
2: No, no, no.
1: (laughs) So it's a little bit different of a sponsor. But do you think that since you have your own speaking club now, that the English apps and schools that they're not going to reach out to you?
2: No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it has influenced it in any way. Yeah. Because obviously I try to be like upfront. And if this is like the, the, the period where I have to talk about my speaking club, I obviously try to like, like post sponsorship content, like, during the days when I don't have to like advertise anything else, or at least give it like a couple of days before that. And after that, like before, like, yeah, until I start advertising other things, but no, it has not influenced it in any way.
1: Oh, that's great. Because uh, some people have said that if they have their own project, their own business, their own program or course that these sponsors typically view them as competitors, and there's no reason to put the competitors' face on on their brand, of course. So,
2: um, interesting. Well, there was a company, one company that I had to say no to because basically their product was a speaking club, mm-hmm. uh, but they reached out to me, but I said no because. I have a speaking club, so I can be like, oh, guys, join this speaking club. And then one week later, hey, join my speaking club. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just like usually the companies I work with, our products are so different, right? It's either an app or it's a language school. Uh, I mean, usually, yeah, that's it. An app or a language school. I don't have a language school. I don't have an app. So, yeah.
1: So um, I saw one of your videos, where you were talking about how to become more attractive. Mm. You were giving advice on this. And I thought it was a really cool video. And I just kind of wanted to bring up this topic because I think people listening might be intrigued by how that's possible. So when you talk about becoming more attractive, like what do you really mean?
2: So like a little story before that, the reason why I decided to make this video is that I got so tired of like, it's like social media, just side of my life, how everyone is just like judging me based on not everyone. Sometimes people judge me based on my appearance. And like, I was, for example, doing a live stream one day and I had like a band aid on my chest because mm-hmm. I had like a medical procedure done. And a lot of people were like, What is in your chest? Like, what is that? Like, why does it look so weird? And I'm like, the the point of this live stream is not to talk about this but yeah so uh when i talk about how to become more attractive i always talk about like personal qualities uh because uh it had it is something that helped me a lot like shape me who i am right now and who i will become in the future because obviously it's a work in progress Uh, Yeah, but I think the biggest thing for me is always like, if a person wants to kind of work on themselves, like always trying to um, maybe read some information or learn something new. Uh, Yeah, so that's definitely like... for me, when I talk to those people, I, I find it extremely interesting to talk to them. And yeah.
1: Okay. So a person has to be growing or interested in, in growth.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, but but does growth equal attractiveness?
2: Um, No. I mean, yeah, some people they're growing, but they're like, like impolite, for example, right? It's a mix of qualities. Yeah. If you're like always growing but then uh you're always like on this high horse you know you're like oh i'm cooler and better than you no of course not but see again it's about this person's like qualities that character traits or yeah things they can work on
1: so are there attractive ways of speaking like speaking english or mm-hmm. speaking
2: language
1: and definitely on the tra- yeah
2: well when a person is confident obviously, uh, it's uh, like, you just feel uh, a lot more comfortable speaking to a person who is confident, who is like calm. Because a few days ago, I went to a networking event, and there were like a lot of different people. And there were some people who were extremely confident, like, especially when it came to public speaking. And they were just like, they were like radiating this like peace. And when they were talking, they were like, this is, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is my life. And I'm confident, like, I I like my life. I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. Uh, Yeah, I think this is that this quality makes them very attractive.
1: That's great. Yeah, I recently went to a marketing conference. And I had to do the same thing. Like, i had to introduce myself to basically 120 different people and by the 60th or 60th or 70th time you're you know you finally got the thing in your mind you're like okay this is exactly what i do now
2: exactly uh,
1: so that's and and that's an interesting way of thinking about like the link between confidence and attractiveness that may be going to some kind of networking event It doesn't have to be business. It could be any kind of networking event, but maybe that is a way for you to uh, become more confident introducing yourself and starting conversations, right?
2: Exactly. Because I, uh, like in the video, I talked about how, like, it's again, it's a work in progress. I will always be working on like becoming more confident because for example, at that networking event, when it was my time to speak up and introduce myself, I had to kind of like calm myself down. I had to like use this like confident voice that I have. And uh, yeah, like you always have to remind yourself that like you're safe, everything is okay. Just like relax, breathe. Uh, so yeah.
1: That's great. So like a lot of people, when they think about attractiveness, they're thinking more about relationships, right? And more about like mm. being attracted to someone physically. But this is, I think it's so key because- Looks are not everything, and looks change, and Mm -hmm. so uh the other things other than looks, like you have to be around that person a lot, so you have to you have to deal with that too, right? So um, let's say there's a confident guy, he's growing, you know, he has those qualities, but what's a red flag in a guy?
2: Yeah. So there are a lot, a lot of actually red flags, but just also like, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, like looks, you know, I think that uh, a lot of people when they first meet someone, for example, now we're talking about a romantic relationship, a romantic partner, obviously we do uh notice looks and for some people looks are more important than others right for example like i know some people who are like i'm only gonna date a guy who is five feet or taller like that's it you know like i'm i know that i'm not you know attracted to anyone who's shorter and it works for them and if it's like you know they they know and like you know yeah okay fine whatever Uh, I think different people you know we kind of we have our own preferences when it comes to looks again some people have more some people have less and it's fine but yes as you said at the end of the day this is the first thing you notice but once you start talking to this person then the personality aspect kicks in and you can't live with a person who you're just attracted to physically and like you hate their inner qualities it's not gonna work like that there are a lot like for example if uh, a guy I mean because uh yeah I can talk about myself if he's rude he's disrespectful of your time you know he's just re- disrespectful of you um just there, yeah there are a lot of things but usually you see those red flags at the very beginning yeah like if a person is rude if they're disrespectful they're always late Uh, yeah so
1: so those are things to look out for in the beginning of the relationship and what about the opposite way guys who are interested in girls what are red Mm -hmm. flags girls that you think that guys Mm -hmm. should look out for (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh well, I think it can be also the same thing. I can the same thing that I just uh, mentioned for, uh, for guys can be applied to girls. They but I also feel like red flags, yes, but there's also one like very important thing that people always have to keep in mind when they want to start dating someone is, like what is your goal? Like, what are you looking for? Right? Yeah. Because some people yesterday I was watching a YouTube video and the girl there was saying how she wants to date with intent. Like she's not, yeah. you know, she's not, she, she doesn't, she's not looking for a casual relationship. She really wants to date with intent. She wants to get married. She wants to have children. So She is honest about it at the very beginning. And some people feel like, oh my God, you're intense. If you start talking about at the very beginning that you want to get married and have kids, I don't think so. I think this is exactly what you should do. Because if the person says, oh, I never want to have children or I never want to get married, then you're saving yourself time. (laughs) Yeah, you're setting
1: the expectations from the beginning.
2: Exactly, yep.
1: And things work out better when everyone understands what the expectations are.
2: Exactly. Yep.
1: So how difficult is it to date people from different countries?
2: That's a very interesting question because there are definitely some cultural differences. Um, And uh, I think if you are ready for that, you know, if you really like or love this person, obviously, like you will overcome all the difficulties, but you will have to know that there are certain things that you will have to talk about. For example, like a person from your culture might already know, right? By default, they're like, okay, I know this is like this, this is like that. For example, um, in my culture, like the way Uh, women are treated especially when it comes to like going out going out on dates like who pays for everything like presents and things in a lot of cultures it's different like maybe some guys or girls they're used to like oh doing half and half or doing that and maybe it's cultural but obviously it might be like more personal as well so again just talking about all of those things is very important and If something makes you uncomfortable and you're like, okay, probably we should talk about it. Yeah.
1: So how much compromise is required to make that kind of relationship work? Because you said something interesting just now. Uh, You said, you know, the other person might not know about those things.
2: Mm -hmm. But
1: on the other hand, you are expecting that person to know those things. Exactly. So like... In, in most of the intercultural relationships that I see that that work, they like both sides kind of accept some things from the other side, but also keep some things from their side. And so there has to be compromise between both people. Um,
2: exactly.
1: One person ends up really frustrated.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, compromise is definitely like something that people will have to also deal with but at the same time I feel like when people use this word it's very important to understand that like everyone like every party should be comfortable with this compromise because usually what happens is one person is like okay this is what I want and the other person is like uh, okay. You know so it's kind of compromised but they're not really happy with that and then it builds up, the tension yep. builds up and then
1: When you were talking earlier you you said that um you can identify some of these negative things, red flags at the beginning of the relationship and do you think that at the beginning of the relationship, you know, like you said if the person says, "Uh, well, okay, then, then they've identified the flag, but they're not, changing, mm. not making a decision, right?
2: Yeah, they're not willing to go deeper and really think about that because like oftentimes, maybe it's also something that they have to think about on their own. or maybe they have to talk to a specialist by themselves, right Because maybe it's connected to the way they were brought up. It has nothing to do with their relationship yeah so this is again
1: so many of those things that you just mentioned yeah that's that's so true that you know the way you're brought up and it's not just the culture of your country even though some people might think that so because Mm -hmm. the culture of the country is expressed in so many different ways through different people so
0: yeah
1: so um that's so cool that you made that connection Um, Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a a long-distance relationship?
2: Um, Yeah. So, well, I'm in a relationship right now. And uh, with my boyfriend, sometimes we have to be long-distance because he has to go back to his home country for a while. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, But it's... this is also a very interesting conversation because uh, what I think about long distance relationships might be different from what a lot of people think of them because I think it's something temporary. It's more a problem. It It's not something that you should be like, okay, we're a lot, like again, What this is what I think, right? For me, uh, I don't think that, you know, we're long distance, that's it that that's like we just live this way right now for me it's just like okay we are a long distance because of this situation and how can we change that like what can we do to make sure we maximize our time together to make sure we spend as much time as we can together and like if we do have to spend some time long distance it's not like a year you know it's yeah very not a lot of time
1: That's so cool that you said it like that, that it's a problem to be solved in the relationship, basically.
2: Mm -hmm. Because I uh, honestly kind of like had to struggle with that concept for a while because I felt like I couldn't find support uh, when I when I like looked online because I would go to like TikTok or YouTube or Instagram and there would be all of those Inspirational videos of people saying we were long distance for five years and then we got married. I'm like, five years, That's
1: a long time. I
2: just, it's a very long time to be long distance. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> I don't get it.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know, someone I know, a couple that I know, they have two kids, and the husband met a young lady online and they say that they're soulmates, and he's leaving his wife and kids. And uh, they've never met in real life, but they're both part of some kind of religious group now. And uh, so, like, so they, so, so sometimes people invest a lot of energy into <laughs> long distance and and not even having met the person in real life before. There are a lot of stories uh, like meeting online and then fiance visa you know and start the whole process and yeah um, I guess there's a lot of different reasons to have a long distance relationship uh Mm -hmm. but I really like how you framed it it's a it's a problem to be solved and and I think that a lot of people haven't heard that before so
2: yeah well because this is who I am like again I am the person who dates with intent like I'm dating because I want to get married. I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I'm not dating just because. It's like, I just, I don't, at least for now at this kind of age and stage in my life, I do want to get married. I don't want to just date. So
1: you hear that internet, you hear that internet? (laughs) Somebody's going to watch this video. There's a guy who's not in Mexico right now who is going to (laughs) be listening.
2: He knows, believe me, he (laughs) knows. (laughs) But it's actually like a lot of personal things I have never shared before, so.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you're such a genuine person. You just shine through the microphone in the video. So uh, like, thank you for, for sharing with us. And I know that you're in a, in, you know, if you're in a relationship, it's serious for you. So you're in a serious relationship. And, um, but thinking back maybe before this relationship, do you think that you could date someone if you don't speak the same language that they speak? Mm -hmm. Like if neither of you spoke the same language, you're both like trying Mm to out what, how to talk to the other person. Would that be possible? Yeah,
2: no, for Um, me, I don't think so. Yeah. Because, um, I uh, yeah it's very difficult for me I, I really for me it's very important I mean when I talk about the same language it doesn't have to be your native language right? Right, right but for me it has to be the language you feel very comfortable with like when you speak for example when I speak English I feel very comfortable I can like describe my feelings my emotions when I'm arguing with someone or when I'm crying you know I can still speak English like I don't need to switch to my native language however with Spanish it's not possible for me yet so I think if uh yeah like it would be very hard for me if I I, like this the only language that kind of united me and the other person was Spanish Mm -hmm. yeah it would be very difficult for me
1: I think the same I've been in some situations I I wouldn't call it dating but um Mm -hmm. the person didn't speak the same language and yeah, it's super difficult. But I've also yeah. seen start and have long-term relationships not, yeah. or, or not very much and not really understanding each other at first and then figuring it out. It, it was hard mm-hmm. for them, but they did it.
2: Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, but I just know that for me, because I like to go very deep and intense at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, it would be hard for me to go deep and intense with a person who, yeah, like I couldn't connect with language wise.
1: True. So, you said how you feel so comfortable expressing all of these different emotions in English, and you have YouTube channels in English, and you put out content in English, and you're very successful as an English language content creator and English speaker like we're having a complex conversation Mm -hmm. dialogue right now and you not only keep up but you add in unique ideas so um how do you how would you describe the community of English learners and teachers on YouTube right now
2: that's a very interesting question um I think it depends I think uh, like talking about YouTube or other platforms, it was like this in the past too. And right now it's the same thing. Like, honestly, I feel like nothing is really changing. Uh, uh, What I mean is... Right now, we see some people who are very connected, right? For example, us, right? We're having these like calls, we chat sometimes and we support each other. However, there are people who just spread hate and negativity. And it was like, like this in the past too. There are also, like, teachers online who always say that, like, these are my qualifications, like, look at this, I passed this exam, that exam, and, like, that's why you should only listen to me, like, and they try to make other people feel bad because they don't have those qualifications, Um, yeah, like I once came across this like person on Instagram who was like saying, yeah, you should always ask your teacher, like, what are their, you know, exams that they took, uh, to prove that they're a good teacher. I'm like this is not this is not how it works. I mean, I ha- like for example the teachers that like taught me or are teaching me Spanish right now. They don't have any qualifications. They're just great people and they love the language and they love speaking. But again, I would say it's very personal for me. It's not important for some people. It's very important to only be uh, learning from a person who is like a certified professional.
1: Yeah. So yeah. But so it's good to have those things, but it but you shouldn't shame other people for not having yeah,
2: them. Yeah, that that's the point exactly. Yeah, the point is if you have them great. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but yeah, when people start shaming other people for not having them.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense anyways because like you said, some people value that and some people don't. And mm-hmm. I think generally speaking in the world the value of those things is going down. Mhm. People understand that they have access to things that they need and that they can easily check things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but do you think competition is healthy in this space on YouTube?
2: Well, I think I would think overall, I would say overall, yes, I don't think most people um have any like negative feelings or emotions towards other creators and i think a lot of people i mean i'm always open to like collab like come up with something cool together uh however again there are people who um are very like negative about a lot of things who maybe like don't like certain creators and like criticize them a lot and yeah i mean i i got my share of hate as well for supporting someone
1: so overall you think competition on youtube is healthy but there are some some instances of negative behavior or negative expression
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so where's the line like where can we draw the line then between because probably most of the people who are uh openly criticizing other people are doing it mostly to gain views attention um -hmm. about something that they're doing which you know we can say it's business it's marketing it's whatever um but like where is the line between that between business between entertainment and education all of these things Mm -hmm. kind of come together on youtube so where can we draw the line
2: Well, for me, for example, the line, like a lot of people are crossing the line already because for me, the line is, if you don't like someone, if they think they're bad or making a lot of mistakes, uh, you can do whatever you want. You can criticize them, but in your house, you know, like in your apartment, like at home, talking to your friends and family it's like, okay, you're entitled to your opinion. Like if you don't like someone, I mean, okay, you don't have to like everyone. But yeah, especially like when people just take all of this online and they start like discussing that because the the worst thing happens usually in the comments. Like when you <laughs> open the comment section under those videos, you're just like, oh my God, like so bad. And like hate spreads very fast and um yeah like this like I I never understood and I never will because like what's the point of all of that like I'm doing my job and I will continue doing my job because this is something that I like and yeah
1: I really admire your perseverance that you've been able to stick with it throughout Mm. all the different things and then you you know share so much from your personal life and your experience and I think that that's really why people love following you because they Mm -hmm. like following your story yeah Uh, thank you what is it what is it though because not all people are that uh, mentally strong to be able to keep with it under pressure under criticism negative comments and you know some people can say some really bad things so how you know to other creators out there who uh, i just had a conversation today with a guy he said, I've just started my YouTube channel, but I'm triple checking everything to make sure I don't make mistakes because I'm afraid of Kevin and Lisa correcting my video and putting my face everywhere. And so I was, I was like, you know, that happened. Some people feel like that and you've been able to go through it. So what's your secret to keeping the motivation to, to keep going?
2: Oh yeah. So first of all, again, because I'm like, I'm really trying to be honest. I have to say that uh, from the outside or like on my YouTube channel, I maybe seem to like have it all together, but it doesn't mean that I don't cry and don't feel anxious about a lot of things because when like a lot of hate happens in my life. And I think they were like, so far, um, there have been like two major waves of hate. There are actually they're different. Yeah, the first one is connected to this YouTube channel, but the second one is actually connected to this one TikTok, that um, a Mexican um, uh, news uh, TikTok or some kind of something connected to like oh life in Mexico City or like yeah they post like a lot of videos about life in Mexico City. So they made a video about me, and it was like oh very bad and my friend sent it to me Mm -hmm. yeah and people were like
1: since I since I haven't seen it just give us like the the quick summary like what did they what was their point you know
2: yeah um the point was that uh so they took my video of where I was sharing my day like what I do yeah my day in Mexico Mexico City, right? Just one day. And I was like waking up and having breakfast and I'm like doing yoga or running. And then I was like working and then I was reading my book and then I was watching a movie and then going to bed. And they basically made a video about like a regular average, an average Mexican and uh compared my day to their day and obviously they made it sound a lot worse for a mexican they were like oh they have to like commute two hours every day and the train is like crowded and there are so many people and there were a lot of people in the comments like saying that i should go to my home country that i'm causing a lot of problems in their country that i uh you know like leave Mexico, we don't want you here, go back. And people were even going back to my TikTok page and leaving like hate comments, hateful comments under my videos. Um, That was very, like very hard for me because uh, obviously there are a lot of reasons that uh, made me move from my home country Uh, but I love living in Mexico and obviously most people here are extremely welcome and I mean I'm so grateful for like everything this country has done for me but just like still you know those moments they because I talked to my friend about the situation and he explained that like they're not angry at you you know, they're just, yeah, found you like a scapegoat. They're angry at a situation that is present in Mexico. Um, And I understand. And that really helped me. So like talking to people and just being calm and talking to a therapist help, like helps me a lot. Yeah. So I do all of those things as well to help my mental health, I guess.
1: You know, Thank you so much for sharing everything with us today, Veronica. It's always so nice to talk to you. And I think that a lot of people who listen to this chat that we had will be inspired by what you've just said, because people go through those things and a lot of people don't admit them. A lot of people don't want to show their weaknesses. And I think that showing your weaknesses to everyone turns them into a strength
0: because Mm -hmm.
1: it's it's known like you've already put it out there and if someone's going to criticize you for it it's just like yeah I know that already that's that's my experience that's my mistake like what why are you trying to reinterpret it back Mm -hmm. to me and tell me what it means I know what it means Mm
2: -hmm. right yeah exactly
1: and yeah. to take control of those situations where everything feels out of control. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here, Veronica. Tell everybody where they can find you. I mean, if they just write your name, I think they'll find you, but <laughs> just in case, yeah. the best places to find you. Uh
2: yeah. So, guys, you can find me basically on every social media platform right now. If you go to YouTube, you can type in Veronica Mark. And you'll be able to see both of my channels. The first one is called English with Veronica Mark. And the second one is just Veronica Mark. The same thing on Instagram. Just type in my name. It's Veronica Mark underscore English. And on TikTok, it's the same thing.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put all the links in the description. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Veronica.
2: Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to English World with Chris Amarykos. Now, it's your turn. Don't just listen to English. Speak English with us every day. Join our English Everyday speaking program today. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.